0: Welcome to the Activist Insight podcast which takes you through Insightia's two magazines, Activist Insight Monthly and Proxy Monthly. I'm Kieran Poole and as ever I am joined by the editors of each publication, Jason Booth and Rebecca Sherritt. Getting into the two magazines, September's Activist Insight Monthly explores how widening valuation discounts have made the UK market attractive, AB Value's board fight at Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory, a profile of Ancora Advisors, BNY Mellon's vulnerability to activism and viceroy Research shorting Reconnaissance Energy Africa. Whereas September's proxy monthly explores how European investors are using their newfound voting power to call out companies for providing hefty payouts to CEOs that fail to align with shareholder experiences. Plus, Alliance Bernstein tell us their thoughts on the record-breaking 2021 proxy season. We'll hear from Rebecca later in Proxy Corner, but first, Jason. So Jason, why is the UK market looking so attractive right now?
1: Well, the number one reason is that the UK is seen to be very undervalued, especially compared to the United States. You know, with Brexit, and then followed by COVID, the market in the UK has um, really underperformed a lot of the other markets around the world. And that has created some bargains for activists. And, you know, the hard activists are value investors looking for opportunities. And there are other reasons as well. Um, an important one is that traditionally British companies don't like to be heavily geared, a lot of debt, and uh, they tend to avoid share buybacks. Now, these are two things that activists tend to like. They tend to like companies basically investing new money into growth, and that may take on some debt to do so. And also companies that return money to shareholders in the form of buybacks. So that is something that a lot of activists are able to target and go after. Both those elements about the UK are also popular with private equity firms. So what you are seeing is a kind of a rivalry between private equity firms and activists developing, particularly the M&A market, where private equity firms will come along and take private a public company. And then an activist will come along and complain about the valuation saying that the private equity people are trying to take advantage of a depressed undervalued market at the expense of existing shareholders. So as a result, you're seeing quite a lot of bidding wars taking place. We've seen that related to Fortress's initial bid for Morrison's and more recently, Coast Capital is stating that has concerns about private equity interest in a company called Blue Prism.
0: And tell us about the proxy fight at Rocky Mountain Chocolate Factory. Do they need a golden ticket?
1: (laughs) Well, in this situation, yes, they might. The activist has come back for another bite of this particular company, having reached an agreement with them in 2019. But upset about the lack of governance changes, they started a, a new campaign, so the company made a settlement with one of the activists called Global Value Investors who was initially teamed up with another investor called AB Value and they were pushing together so the company turned around and made a separate agreement with Global Value and put one of their people on the board now that did not mollify AB who felt that the rug had sort of been pulled out from under their campaign so since then, they have returned again with another partner, an investor called Bradley Radoff. And they have created the so-called Concerned shell of Rocky Mountain with a combined stake of 13%. So it'll be interesting to see if that is enough to sway other shareholders. given the fact that one of the initial activists has already reached an agreement and the company has made a number of changes to his board, it might be uh, rather difficult for AB Value to win this particular campaign.
0: And Ancora Advisors has run three proxy fights this year. But Phil's activist targets are getting harder to find.
1: Well, yes, that's what they have been saying. And they're not the first people to have said that. Now, first, a little bit about Ancora. They have been around since 2014. Even though they describe themselves as a reluctant activist, they've actually been very active. We've had them, on our data, taking 46 activist positions since 2014, rivaling better-known activists like Pershing, Square, and Tryon. And as you point out, they've run three campaigns this year. Two of them were successful, one of them at a company called Blue Cora similar name, but a different company, was not successful, where they were pushing for that company to spin off one of its tax advisory businesses, and they have refused to do so. They took it to a proxy fight and actually lost. You know, one of the things that you know, Ancora pointed out was proxy advisors didn't support the activists very much in this case. They got some support, but only limited. And they were disappointed by that. But they thought that you know the proxy advisors were being a little harder on activists in general, also uh, valuations and just in general in the united states as we talked earlier in the uk valuations are low and that's attractive to activists in the united states stock market has been persistently bullish for an ongoing multi-year bullishness so there's just not a lot of value in in companies and what there is it's harder to find whereas ancora has been very busy this year in the last few years they just think that the next six months to a year might be slower for themselves and for the market in general. But they think that the market will see a correction at some point, which could produce other opportunities.
0: So that's September's issue. But what are you currently working on that we can look forward to reading next month?
1: Well, in October, we'll be looking at mergers and acquisitions, which has been a big part of the activism scene this year. That'll be our cover feature for the month. And our campaigner focus, quite appropriately, will be Morrison's, where you are currently seeing a bidding war for the supermarket chain between activists and involving private equity firms. So you can look forward to that.
0: And I thought now we could touch on Activist Insight Online's latest in-depth article that analyses how support from proxy voting advisors for dissident investors has declined in recent years as issuers up their game and dedicated activists avoid going to a vote in most instances. So Jason, that's the outline of it, but can you tell us more about it?
1: Yes, well, as I pointed out in our story about Ancora, about the activist fund, there is a sense that proxy advisors have been a little harsher, more resistant to the arguments of activists and maybe a little more favourable to companies. And we have started to show that. I mean, the companies and the proxy advisory firms will deny this. But if you look at our numbers between 2016 and 2018, institutional shareholder services backed at least one dissident director in over half of the proxy contests in that period. Now that number fell to 38% in 2019. Uh, despite a short rebound in 2020, only 30% of cases this year today have you seen ISS give that level of support. And we've seen a a similar shift in Glass-Lewis, the other major proxy advisory firms. Now, the reasons for that can be debated, but a fairly um, consensus view is that companies are working much harder to make their arguments to the proxy advisory firms. They are spending more time and resources in reaching out to them and producing materials to defend themselves. And also, as we've seen, as again, going back to what we talked about earlier, With Rocky Mountain Chocolate, companies are proving quite adept at making changes to their boards during campaigns. So adding new directors, changing some management positions in the face of activist pressure. And that seems to be making an impact on the advisory firms that saying, well, they've made some changes, so uh, maybe that's all they need to do this year. And you've seen that in a number of cases of Rocky Mountain Chocolate, but also Starwood Values' campaign of Box. They've made the same point. And we'll see what happens there. But it's an interesting trend.
0: And I will add that you can find all of our in-depth articles under the News tab on Activist Insight Online. And now it's time to visit Proxy Corner. Hello, Rebecca.
2: Hello, Kevin. Thank you for having me.
0: So Rebecca, although executive compensation was subject to extensive scrutiny this past year globally, European companies were hit especially hard by say-on-pay revolts. This is something you go on to explore in more depth in this magazine.
2: As you've said, executive compensation has certainly been a controversial topic across the globe over the past year, largely in response to COVID-19. But Europe is unique in that quite a notable number of CEO pay packages actually increased rather than decreased, as many did in the US and the Asia-Pacific. The Chartered Institute of Personnel and Development's latest review of FTSE 100 executive pay noted that median CEO pay declined marginally by approximately 0.5%, but in fact 49 CEOs actually experienced a pay rise, with three firms paying CEOs more than double their previous year's compensation. A similar analysis of 55 FTSE Italia all share companies by L'Espresso also found that Italian salaries mostly travelled upwards, with an impressive 30 of 55 CEOs seeing 2020 salary actually exceeding that of 2019. This was also reflected in Proxy and Sat Online's data. Of the failed say on paybooks in Europe this year, a significantly larger portion has been due to excessive CEO payouts compared to the previous year. This is also reflected in BlackRock's 2021 proxy season review, where the fund manager noted that it opposed more than triple the number advisory say on pay proposals in Europe, the Middle East and Africa than they did in both the US or Asia-Pacific in the 2021 proxy season. This is primarily due to COVID-related inflat adjustments, where CEOs have been quite frequently rewarded despite missing financial performance targets. In my article, I explore some of the controversial CEO pay practices among European companies from the past year, including those at Morrison's, WH Smith's and X5 Retail Group, and we go into a bit more in-depth analysis into the specific issues that cause these proposals to be subject to increased investor opposition.
0: And the issue also features an interview with Alliance Bernstein's stewardship team, exploring the different shareholder proposals subject to a vote this proxy season. So Rebecca, what kind of proposals got their support?
2: As you said, it was an especially interesting proxy season the past year, as Michelle Dunstan, Global Head of Responsible Investing, and Diana Lee, Director of Corporate Governance and Engagement at Alliance Bernstein also attested to. This wasn't only true due to the record number of ENS shareholder proposals that performed extremely well this season, but also because of the number of new shareholder proposals that came onto the scene, many of which received significant investor backing. One of the new kinds of social proposals that Alliance-Bernstein explores more in their interview with us is racial equity audits. Alliance-Bernstein tells us a bit more about these resolutions, which were primarily filed by SoC Investment Group and the Service Employees International Union, as well as their engagement process with proponents and the US banks that faced these proposals over the past year, and the ways they tried to understand the intentions behind these resolutions and their ultimate goals. Alliance-Bernstein were pretty supportive of proposals of this kind, and said racial audits encourage companies to think more broadly about business practices, rather than solely just employee statistics. Diana and Michelle also gave us some thoughts on the sound climate campaign, as well as board oversight on material ESG issues, and they gave us a bit more insight into their unique research-based approach towards responsible investing.
0: And as we both know, we always try to keep on top of trends here at Proxy Insight. Which other trends then have recently emerged in the world of shareholder voting and corporate governance that you've seen, Rebecca?
2: Indeed we do. In June and July, investors were primarily focused on engagements intended to hold US and European oil majors accountable for climate change. Now, Australian oil majors are facing the same pressure. The Australasian Centre for Corporate Responsibility has had a busy few weeks engaging with multiple ASX200 oil and gas companies seeking emissions reductions targets, and for them to strengthen their reviews of industry associations, making sure that their members are groups that are also working towards decarbonisation, in line with Paris Agreement Goals. ACCR has filed proposals of this kind at BHP Group, Cell 32, and Origin Energy, which will be subject to a vote in the coming weeks. On top of this, ACCR has also filed a lawsuit against Santos, challenging the energy company's claims that natural gas provides clean energy, and that it has a credible plan to achieve net zero emissions by 2040. This lawsuit is likely influenced in part by Friends of the Earth Netherlands' recent court case against Royal Dutch Shell, which took place in June. During this court case, the Hague District Court ordered Shell to reduce its worldwide CO2 emissions by 45% by 2030, compared to 2019 levels. It will be interesting to see how shareholders vote on environmental proposals at Australian energy majors in the coming months. We may see increased support for these proposals, much like we did for similar engagements in the US and Europe earlier this year.
0: Now, next month's magazine is slightly different. Why? Well, I'm going to answer my own question there. Because it takes the form of our annual global shareholder voting review. So my last question to you, Rebecca, is simply please tell us more about that.
2: Yes, it's a bumper edition we're excited to showcase all the data our research team has gathered and analysed over the past year and to demonstrate how the Proxy Insight platform and our offerings as a whole have evolved.
0: Thank you, Rebecca, and we look forward to reading that. That's it for today's episode. Make sure you subscribe to each magazine by emailing subscriptions at insightia.com. Remember that Proxy Monthly is free for everybody just like our special reports. And the latest of those took a definitive look at ESG activism. And as always from me, please do rate and review the podcast on whichever platform you are using. If you've seen something that we're not covering, please always email press at insightia.com. I'm Kieran Paul. Thank you for listening.